millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to Disney Deciphered, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. On today's episode, we talk about last-minute planning for Disney World trips and what we're doing to prepare for our upcoming trips. Find all episodes of this podcast at DisneyDeciphered.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you find podcasts. We'd really appreciate it if you could leave us positive reviews. If you'd like to support the podcast, check us out on Patreon.com slash DisneyDeciphered, where you can receive bonus content, or you can support the podcast at no cost to you by using me as your travel agent. Get started by emailing josephchung at travelmation.net and I can help you plan your Disney vacation. If you have any questions for the podcast, email us disneydeciphered at gmail.com, tweet at us at www.deciphered on Twitter, or find us on Facebook and Instagram, Disney Deciphered. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Joe from As the Joe Flies. And I'm Leslie from Trips with Tykes. And welcome back to Disney Deciphered. So on today's episode, Leslie is making her long-awaited return to Walt Disney World. And I'll be there as well. But Leslie and I, you know, we've been trading messages back and forth about all of our last-minute planning. And we thought it would be useful to just talk about what you have been doing in your last-minute planning for your Disney World trip next week. Now, I think it's a little different for you because you don't go to Disney World as much as I do. Obviously, you're in Disneyland a lot, but... I'm the East Coast guy. I'm at Walt Disney World a lot. So even though I'm scrambling a little bit last minute for my trip, it's a different type of scrambling. So I think you're more like the normal Disney Deciphered listener going to Disney World for the first time in a long time. So let's talk about your last minute Disney planning. Do you want to talk really quickly since we haven't just about the general parameters of your trip, like how long you're going to be there, et cetera, et cetera? Sure. So my trip is going to be five nights total. I'm going to be in the park for four days and I do have a park hopper and I did pre-purchase Genie Plus, which you can't do anymore. So I was kind of on the tail end of that, which is great. So I'm going to be staying at Caribbean Beach. Definitely wanted to just be on the Skyliner. I'm staying with just my son. So this is kind of a different kind of trip than we have taken because usually my Disney trips, I'm either going solo or I'm going with the whole family. So just having one kid, this is going to be fun, can just kind of focus on what that kid is interested in. And if something isn't in his wheelhouse, then we just skip it. No biggie. So I'm I'm excited about sort of that kind of a a Disney trip. And I, I think the biggest thing for me, Joe, and this is probably why I'm doing so much planning going into this trip, is I don't usually go to a theme park during the heat of summer and going in June to Disney World. (laughs) I don't even have clothes for that living in Northern California. So that's required some extra preparation to make sure like I have enough of the right things to even wear for 95 degrees and, you know, 120% humidity. So that's taken a little bit of extra preparation. And a lot of other people will be in that boat, I guess, unless they live in the deep south already. 
Yeah, we've got heat on the mind. It's going to be hot in Walt Disney World. Now, I will say, Leslie, there is one attraction. We strategically are overlapping for a day or two, or really only a day in the parks. And there's one attraction that you will not be skipping on behalf of your son, hopefully, because we are going to go on Cosmic Rewind rider switching with our respective sons so that they don't have to do it if they don't want to but you know that's the one ride that you are definitely gonna get yourself on even if he doesn't want to do it right yeah i'm definitely not missing that so thanks to you having a son who's similarly situated and not interested in like the crazier roller coasters i guess we're going to be able to do that trade-off knock on wood hopefully it goes seamlessly and we get our individual lightning lane and virtual queue or and or something like that we'll see what happens but something obviously that other folks have to think about if you're you are going solo as an adult with a kid you may have to forego unless you have a podcast partner who's going to be there to do rider switch with you indeed all right so let's talk about what you are doing in this last week as you're planning for your trip what are your stress points what are the things you're trying to take care of as you get ready for this trip So in terms of what I'm doing to plan for the trip, the big thing I do about a week out, and I've been sort of talking about these points with you as we look at, you know, the day we're going to be in the park together, is I'm setting my sort of daily schedule quite a bit more. I'm kind of starting to look at it more like hour by hour. And I have a document, I mean, it's nothing fancy, just something I have in Google Drive that just lays out my overall schedule. You know, I list the park I have a reservation for in the morning. I put a little bullet point about what attraction I'm going to book at 7 a.m. for individual lightning lane and for Genie Plus so I know what I'm going for, you know, especially for that first day. Maybe I'm not doing that for the entirety of my trip, but especially for that first day so that I'm ready to hit the ground running. I also have listed park hours for the day in case I want to sort of change things on the fly and maybe park hop a little bit earlier and stay later or something like that. So it gives me some flexibility as I'm looking at a day by day. And and, you know, I'm, I'm looking at where the dining reservations fit in. You know, as a result, I'm also sometimes canceling dining reservations because I sometimes have double and triple bookings. <laughs> do you do that, Joe? <laughs> I mean, no comment. <laughs> we did that. We, we did them together for this trip. So, yeah, I mean, I, I will have by double or triple bookings. It's not generally will I have multiple bookings for the same meal, but I'll have like three dining reservations for a day, but only plan to use one out of those three. Yeah, exactly. So I'm usually just need to kind of clean those up. And I kind of do a couple of different rounds of cleanup of dining reservations. I cancel the ones that I'm definitely not going to do because maybe I figured out, okay, I'm not even going to be in that park that day. I've changed, you know, my mind about, you know, when I'm going to hop or whatever. So I've canceled that. So I kind of do one round so that if I, I'm not looking at, you know, worrying about cancellation penalties for the ones I'm definitely not going to do, but maybe I hang on to a couple of contingencies going into the trip and maybe do one more round of cancellation a little bit more last minute. This is also a time when it's possible um, I'm making park reservation switches, but right now it's not that possible, Joe. I mean, Magic Kingdom at least and Hollywood Studios have not opened up and they've been fully booked up for a couple of weeks leading into our trip for, for my travel dates. I was kind of hoping to switch one of my park reservations from Epcot to Magic Kingdom. I had made multiple Epcots before I knew what the rules were going to be for Cosmic Rewind for the virtual queue. So I'm kind of a little bit overbooked for Epcot, but I think I'm going to just sort of park hop a little bit more on those days that I have Epcot reservations and just kind of keep what I have because it's not really worth all the refreshing. And my son is 
a science guy. He likes Epcot. That'll work for him. Yeah, it's pretty rough out there, park reservation-wise. The month of May was a lot better, but I'm in the same situation. I have an Epcot on Saturday, the day I'm flying in, but I actually have an Epcot so that I can stack my Genie Plus reservations at Hollywood Studios for that afternoon, so that we can go that afternoon. And I'm just taking the risk that if I'm not able to switch to Hollywood Studios on that day when I actually land in Orlando, it's just going to be an extra Skyliner ride for my son, Naka Wood. It's not lightning at the time um, we'll tap into epcot and then take the skyliner back over to hollywood studios now going back to your mapping out your 7 a.m plans i thought it might be useful if since i have access to your schedule i just share with people what you're thinking just in case it helps you to decide what you're focusing on at 7 a.m these are all great choices but there are other choices that are also great but this is what leslie has for her particular trip on Her first Epcot day, her Genie Plus selection is Remy's and her individual Lightning Lane purchase. She's thinking about doing Cosmic Rewind and maybe also Seven Doors Mine Train. There's a question mark next to that, which that makes sense to me. For her next day, which again is Epcot, since she overbooked Epcot a little bit, Genie Plus selection, Frozen Ever After. If she can change her park reservation to Magic Kingdom, she's thinking about Jungle Cruise um, and then maybe Seven Doors Mine Train if she didn't get it the day before. On an Animal Kingdom Park Reservation Day, the Genie Plus selections you have, Leslie, are Slinky Dog Dash stacking for Hollywood Studios in the afternoon, which I think makes a lot of sense because you can get a lot of Animal Kingdom done just by rope dropping. And then 7 a.m., of course, individual landing lane purchase for a flight of passage. I guess you're forcing him on that one, too. <laughs> oh, I think he'll like flight of passage. I think I think uh, we're going to be okay. okay on that one. So that's good. Well, he's going to like it whether he... He's going to ride it whether he likes it or not. So, um. <laughs> That's right. That's right. There was a, uh, when we took him the last time, the last time he was at Walt Disney World, he was four. And definitely we had to push him even to do things like Star Tours. And I remember very vividly, he he started keeping track of like the rides that we made him go on that he did not like. And so as we were like, you know, walking off of Star Tours and he's kind of like tearing up and but mainly just getting mad, he yells at us, that was the sixth ride that I did not like. So <laughs> hopefully Ooh, he's keeping count. That's um yeah, good luck. Five yeah. days straight. Good yeah. luck. Well good luck. But yeah, so those are solid attraction selections in my mind for seven AM. And you really this cannot be stated enough. At seven AM, you do not want to be deciding what attractions you're focusing on. You kind of want to have your, to use the parlance of our ride guide, S tier or S priority attraction that you want to get on Genie Plus and then know what you'll get as your backup. So good plan, Leslie. I approve. Oh, I'm glad you approve, Joe. So a couple more things I've got to continue to tweak, but at least I'm on the right track. Um, One other thing I should mention that I do as part of this little planning guide that I have is I actually make a list at the bottom of it of things I want to buy. And that's something a lot of people don't really think about. I mean, they, you know, if you are following Disney news and maybe there's a merchandise item that you sort of know that you want and you might forget about it. So I kind of keep a running list there. I mean, I don't buy a ton of stuff because I do go to Disney parks a lot, but if there's something I I really don't want to miss or I know my kid's really into at the moment, I make a list of that as well. So I don't forget about it because sometimes those are only available, you know, in one store, in one park, something highly specific. Yes, for me, that is a list of one thing. (laughs) If you listen to episode 221, Best Values at Walt Disney World, I am locked in my mind that I'm going to get my kids one of those stupid Mr. Fans because we didn't get a last trip and we were hot (laughs) the entire time. (laughs) So I promised. And you know what? I'm going to make good on my promise. All right. 
So you've got your schedule online and you know, you mentioned that you have a bunch of dining reservations. How late do you generally wait to start really gardening those reservations and really paring those down? So I'll probably, I'm now like a week out at this moment. So I'll start canceling some in the next day or two, but I probably will wait until the night before my trip to cancel some others, especially ones like later in the week. I mean, you can wait on those if you just are sure that you won't forget. (laughs) So, you know, we'll just have to have to wait and see. I mean, dining is not as important to me with just a trip with my son, but there's a couple of things we do want to do. Like we want to make sure to get in a character meal and you know I want to make sure just for my own purposes um, to try at least one new restaurant so I think we are starting to take shape about what we want to do but I mean he said to me he all he wants to do is have a Mickey pretzel so like that might be a meal one day wise young man right there uh, save you a lot of money as well this is a good place to reinsert that if you use mouse dining or mouse capros or something like that as people like Leslie and myself are canceling dining within the last week because if you cancel within 24 Four hours you avoid or outside of 24 hours excuse me you avoid the $10 per person penalty for no showing as that is happening if you're using mouse dining or mouse capros you will get a lot of alerts for dining reservations that you want popping up now mouse capros just changed the way they do things it used to be when an alert hits then they'll stop searching for you but what they've done now is they have made it so that when an alert hits until you tell mouse pros to stop looking they'll keep giving you reservations and what that has actually caused to happen is i had a chef mickey's search set up for a client and it hit and then it hit like six more times throughout the day this is before i realized that mouse pros i made the change and that just shows you how many people are canceling their reservations so definitely keep at it within that last week you really can get a lot of those reservations that are hard to get even space 220 i saw pop up a couple times so at the very least use the touring plans dining reservation finder which is free if you are still looking for dining reservations because people change and cancel them last minute now speaking of last minute how do you like handle I guess figuring out like what's going to be closed what rules are changing you know what are you doing with all that kind of stuff yeah I mean obviously since it's my job to follow Disney news I'm following Disney news already but you know I'd say just even pop on to the Disney parks blog and just look at the posts from the last couple of days and make sure there isn't some big new news that you've missed I guess they usually don't announce ride closures but they might announce something new that's coming or some sort of big change or something like that on the parks blog and you know I would follow you know folks on Twitter a couple of good Disney news accounts I mean Brooke McDonald's obviously somebody who talks a lot about things Scott Gustin Carly Wiesel Joe me those people (laughs) so uh, just follow you know a couple of Disney news accounts and Disney, you know, corporate accounts as well. And you'll at least get the big things, you know, in case there's like, for example, um, Disneyland had Radiator Springs racers went down last week for several days. So you don't want to be surprised by something like that and have your whole strategy mapped out to buy, you know, an individual lightning lane. And then you find out that ride's closed. Yeah, last minute stuff like that happens. We didn't even get to talk about that. I'm cracking up. I shouldn't be laughing, but a car caught on fire and they closed Radiator Springs Racers yeah. for a couple of days. That's that's rough. Disney Disney is not having the best 2022. Um, no, lots of even, downtime. Lots of downtime. Yeah, if even Disneyland is having those issues, it's been a rough year. But uh, we're still going anyway. All right, so... 
this is the stuff that you're handling maybe a week in advance. Now, as you're starting to think about getting to your hotel, you know, do you like to online check in or do you go to the desk? You know, what's your plan generally for handling the hotel? Yeah, I'm usually doing online check-in. I don't want to stand in a long line if I don't have to. Although this time I I thought about ordering magic bands to be sent to the hotel just last minute. I was kind of wait, waiting to see if there was a design that popped up that I liked, but nothing that I'm kind of willing to pay for on, on the end of Magic Band 2.0 and the eve of Magic Band Plus. So that might be the reason I guess I would go to the desk is if I needed magic bands. But yeah, I like to avoid lines and online check-in is definitely the way to go if you want to avoid that and go straight to your room and hopefully my magic bands that are old will work for me to get into my room but of course there's always a magic mobile as well so online checking in for my hotel if I'm ordering any groceries um, to my hotel room then that's something I usually do like maybe 24 hours in advance but sometimes actually just while I'm on the plane like I'm adding things to my cart on Instacart or some other grocery delivery app to, you know, get waters and things like that. And, you know, that way I can sort of meet, you know, time when I'm going to meet the delivery person. So that's something I'm doing, you know, a little bit in advance, but not majorly in advance. But but I do want to, you know, do that a little bit early so I don't forget, you know, an item that's like kind of a must-have for the room. Those are kind of the things I'm doing more at the 24-hour or less mark. Anything else that you tend to do at that point, Joe? Yeah, I think those are all good things. And really within 24 hours, that's when I've switched into, I have my general plan for the trip, but now I'm getting into not worrying about what's happening two, three, four, five days in advance, but just worrying what's happening for the next 24 hours. So personally, the way I do it is I kind of map out everything before. And then when I get there, because I think when you're actually in the parks, it's really hard to be thinking about what you're doing the day after or two days in advance. So I just want to be locked in in my plan for that day and whatever changes I have to make for that day. So as I'm arriving at my resort, I'm already thinking about, you know, am I going to a park that night? What am I going to be doing there? What's my plan there? Or am I going to park tomorrow? Uh, I should pause right now and say that Leslie does that somewhat as well, but we are weirdos. You don't have to do that. Like if you want to just enjoy your vacation and just go, you have your plan and you just kind of go where the plan takes you and see where the wind blows. Please do that. Don't be a weirdo like us, but <laughs> this is what I do. Yeah. I mean, more power to you, but I do think it, it, it does help to plan a little bit, but then, you know, you want to adjust those plans. Like I have a couple of contingencies built in. Like if I get seven doors mine train, then maybe, and my son hates it, then <laughs> we're not going to go back to that later in the trip and maybe we'll prioritize something else. So, so you do want to adjust on the fly based upon sort of what you're able to get accomplished. And, you know, sometimes you won't get something accomplished early in the trip and you have to kind of change to go back and double back and do that. So, you know, yeah, do go with the flow, but, but planning and sort of thinking through at least having a list of like the things that you have to hit the must-dos is helpful so that everything else is just is just gravy you and I I guess our list of must-dos is much longer than regular people's the other thing that I always end up doing and this is going back a little bit a week before I get there is start freaking out about whether I need a stroller for my kid or not (laughs) (laughs) and generally if I've gotten to this point and haven't gotten a stroller yet, I come to the conclusion that I don't need one. But again, don't be like me. Decide in advance whether you need a stroller or not. My six-year-old, I've decided I'm not going to get him a stroller. I guess if if it goes really badly the first day, I'll just 
bite the bullet and get a stroller from Disney, but I'm not going to rent a stroller separately. Now, as an aside, this is the least I've planned for my in-park trip in a long time because I am going with my son. This is maybe the only time we'll ever get to go and celebrate his birthday. Um, It's not in June, but it's in early July and I will never be able to get, you know, I have a winter birthday, a fall birthday kid. They will get to spend Disney World celebrating their birthday, but my summer kid, I can never get the entire family to go in the summer, or I think it would be pretty hard to do so. So because it's his birthday trip, and I've actually not even told him yet that we are going, his sister knows, his older sister knows, but he doesn't know, I am really going to play it by ear and see what he wants to do. And he is also the weirdo kid in my family who's willing to wait in line for an attraction. I think I've said before that I've had to wait 40 minutes for alien swirling saucers for this kid. And if that's what he wants to do, except for the day that I'm hanging out with Leslie, that's uh, what I'm going to end up doing. So we'll see how it goes. I mean, this is the luxury and privilege of getting to go multiple times in a year, but I'm going to see where I guess the wind takes me uh, or more accurately, my son's decision-making takes me, which putting your life in the hands of a six-year-old, always a great decision. Fair enough. If our sons got to choose everything, we'd just be riding alien swirling saucers in the engineer seats on Smuggler's Run over and over and over again. (laughs) Yeah. Should we, should we, after we make them wait on a grand fiesta tour or living with the land for like an hour and a half while we have our fun on cosmic rewind and ditch our sons respectively should we just let them decide the rest of the day and then see what happens see i think my son's gonna be happy with grand fiesta tour and boring epcot rides because i don't think yeah i don't think they're gonna mind the rides i think they're gonna mind their parents ditching them portion of it You know what? I think they're going to be so busy with each other that they're not even going to realize that one of us isn't there. We know you don't know our sons, but uh, let's just say they both can talk. So we're going to have a little side bet going and see which one runs out of stuff to talk about first. We need to set up a voice memo and record that for our patrons, like our sons talking in line while we uh, like surreptitiously record them. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Well, enough about that. All right. Now, while you're at Disney World, you know, there's just... A lot of stuff going on at home that you got to get ready before the trip, but then also you got to get ready for the trip. So tell us a little bit about what's going on on the home front before you prepare to go away. Yes. So not only am I planning for the trip, but I'm making sure that everything's in order back home. The one thing that I'm doing right now and have been doing quite a lot of actually for a couple of weeks is ordering last minute things that I need on Amazon. Like I said, I need shorts that work for 95 degree heat. I don't have that. So I'm ordering things like that um, because let's just be realistic. Like I'm not getting out to stores very much with like the schedule that my family is leading right now. So that's really a big important thing is just sort of getting those those purchases done and making sure they get here in time. And thankfully, like Amazon's a lot better. Like during the sort of peak of the pandemic, you could be waiting like a week or two for things. And now I'm getting a lot that's like 24, 48 hours, which is great. Another thing I'm doing is I'm arranging for things like mail holding or getting somebody to get my mail. Um, we don't have any pets, but if you do, you should be planning for that. And ideally, probably more than a week in advance if you're like boarding a pet. Yes, I hope, yes. Yes, I hope you <laughs> planned that earlier. Please. Yes, but like if you have just like a neighbor kid like feeding a cat or something that's you know something you can do a little bit more last minute obviously making sure that somebody's handling your trash uh because that's something i don't ever want to like skip a week taking out so those are just kind of the mundane things i'm paying bills that maybe are like coming due while i'm away if i'm gone for like a longer trip 
yeah, really boring, grown-up stuff. I'm cleaning out, like, stuff that's going to go bad in the fridge so I don't come back and have it, like, stink up the whole house. Yeah, fun stuff, Joe. <laughs> Woo! Woo. We just got to adulting 101. Really? <laughs> adulting Sorry, decipher. Guys. Yeah. This is what we um, do, though, right? Like, boring, boring parent life. Yeah. But, I mean, let's talk a little bit about, about what you buy last minute. Now, I thought of three things that I kind of want to make sure I get to Orlando with, especially in the middle of the summer. And the first is ponchos, which I already have. The second is body glide, which is something I use because I'm sorry to get a little bit TMI, but my legs chafe when it's like super hot. And so body glide is something that runners use that really helps with that. I mean, I know people use other things, but that's what I personally use in the summer. And so I need to make sure I have that as well. And I want to make sure I have a good sunscreen, especially one that is good for my son. You know, we try to use kids sunscreen with like less junk in it for them. So those are the three things for sure I want to go to Orlando with. You can add in other things like hats, extra shoes because it's going to rain, stuff like that. But that's the stuff that if I didn't have it, I would be ordering it last minute on Amazon to make sure I had it when I got there. What about you? Yeah, I just ordered some ponchos myself. I'm, I'm trying a new style this time that actually has the little snaps down the front, but it's still like a poncho, like it's not a real raincoat. So we're going to see how that goes. And I actually bought these little rain boot covers. They're like kind of like ponchos for your feet, (laughs) which I'm really excited to try out. Like mostly I bought them because of water rides. Like I hate getting wet tennis shoes on water rides, but like, I guess if you do get a rainstorm, you could use them too. But I think sometimes as much as like Disney World floods, like they're not going to do any good for that. But we'll see. I ordered, um, again, another charger because I realized one of ours had gone missing during travels earlier this spring. So I have a pretty big anchor power bank because I don't need just one charge on a Disney day. I need like three charges to my phone on a Disney day as much as I'm using it for photos and for you know everything Genie Plus. So giant phone bank fuel rod I use as well, but that, that doesn't really cut it to be enough. So that's something that's kind of important. So yeah, and just new shoes. Like I discovered, for example, like my son has outgrown his tennis shoes and you really want to make sure you have shoes that feel good and comfortable um, for everybody in the family. I bought some new ones for myself as well. So I have two pair that I can switch between for different blisters on different days. You better break those in. I am. Have your son run some laps in those new sneakers. Or oh, something yeah, yeah. I mean, we're traveling, though, several days before we go to Disney World. So they're going to get worn for several days before we go to the parks. There you go. I think the last thing I'm stressed out about is I'm going to have to use a backpack in the park, which... I got away from in February because it was cool enough that I didn't need to like carry my ponchos and leave a pair of sandals in there and stuff like that. But I feel like I'm going to have to have that stuff with us. We're not going to be able to dodge the rain and with the water rides and stuff like that, which I'm sure my son is going to want to do. So I'm going to have to carry a full on backpack, which is going to end up making me hotter overall. But I guess that's that's what happens when you choose to go to Disney World in the summer. Yeah, same. I usually just go with a, cr- a small crossbody purse when I go to Disneyland, but that's not going to be enough to hold the ponchos and the rain boot covers and things like that. So I'm going to have at least a small backpack in addition to the crossbody purse as well myself. Yeah, and it does make you hot on the on your back, like the shirt sticking to your back with the backpack on top. Ah. Yeah, and the really tough thing is 
ideally you could use a locker to get that stuff but in central florida you just never know when you're going to get caught out in the rain your extra stuff i mean i guess you can change into it when you get to your locker after but my plan is when it starts raining to switch us into sandals uh if we have to go out in the rain at all to keep the i mean we're going to bring extra pairs of sneakers but leave them in the hotel room but you know just to not worry about getting our sneakers wet i want to switch the sandals you know i guess we'll see how that brilliant plan goes i mean maybe it won't go well but we'll see lots of stress going in the summer All right. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, I think we have our work cut out for us, Joe. Why don't you leave us with uh, Disney do or don't? I think we've just left a lot right here. Yeah, I think my Disney do, uh, I guess this is like a generic one, but I will say this as a reminder myself, do send your partner or spouse your itinerary. When I go on these trips, it's always when I'm on the plane where my wife is like, where are you staying? How do I contact you if there's an emergency, et cetera, et cetera. So please inform your family uh, or a loved one or friend where you are going just for peace of mind for those that love you. Oh, and to add to that, send them a written version because uh, if you're anything like me, if I hear something verbally, it goes in one ear, out the other. Great tip, Joe. All right. So that's what Leslie and me, to some extent, are doing last minute to plan for our Disney trips and prep for our Disney trips. What do you do last minute? Let us know. DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com, at WWDeciphered on Twitter or on Facebook and Instagram, Disney Deciphered. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. And other than that, Leslie, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. And I will see you in Epcot. Thanks, Joe.